Hi, Katie. Hey, Jim. It's another episode of Knit a Spell. And today we are going to talk about three colors, only three, the magic number three, once again, red, blue, and yellow. You know what those three colors are. They're primary, right? They are primary. El yes. primero. See. Si. Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. Primary colors. Did you study color theory? Yes, I did indeed. Uh, from the grayscale adventure of making like 15 shades of gray from just black and white to learning that not everyone perceives color the same, most people don't, to uh, just learning how to mix your own colors as a way to learn actually like how much of all three of these colors are usually in all of the other colors. <laughs> That's right. Me too. I mean, my first uh, degree was art. And mm. so as an oil painter, we learned color theory pretty rigorously. So both of us have this design slash art background. So understanding color and its significance, I think is really important. And we're, we are probably going to geek out on this episode like crazy. So sure. I think in our world, we are so visually stimulated that color is, you know, it's, you don't need words necessarily with color. Color brings emotion. And these three colors bring very specific emotions, I oh, think. And they and these three colors bring fights also. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, they're very um, polarizing. In fact, color can be polarizing. Just that conversation of like, what color red? I remember bridesmaids dresses. Okay, mm. well, what color red are the bridesmaids dresses? That is a whole big kerfuffle that I have heard over and over again making sure that it's the correct red or the right colors of whatever. So it's pretty interesting how we can have a lot of difference around what hue something is. Last week, we talked about gray. Yes. And so we are talked about value. And so the idea in color theory of value is how light or dark something is. Is it more, is there more black or is there more white? Is it darker or lighter color, a shade of something? Mm. But now we want to bring up this idea of hue. So will you explain? Yeah, so hue is the term for the pure spectrum colors commonly for, referred to as, you know, the color names, red, yellow, blue, green, violet, you know, the rainbow of color. So it's, it's what we can see and actually observe, not just the grayscale color of it. Okay, so like the value of red would be like a dark red versus a light red, but mm -hmm. the hue of red would be an orange red versus a blue red. Right. Yeah. So theoretically, all hues can then be mixed from these three colors, and that's why they're known as primary. Right. And we're talking pigment. If the pigment doesn't have a lot of fillers from the red, blue, and yellow, we can mix those three together and come up with almost theoretically an infinite number of colors from that. Right. And it's completely different from light. We're not going to talk about light in this episode. That's a whole nother episode. But when okay. we're talking about pigment, we're talking about the primaries and pigment are red, blue, and yellow. You know, as far as kind of making the notes for the show, I got to thinking like, well, why? Why is it, why is it just three? 
why three colors are primary? Why not five? Why not six? We have a, a base 10 number system. Yeah. Why is it three colors? Is it something, it must be like a, a principle of like physics, right? Yeah. I mean, the simple answer is there aren't just three primary colors. Uh, it's just <laughs> what we can perceive with our cones that we currently have. So it's the perception that's creating our reality. So you're saying the cones in the retina of our eyes is why humans have come up with three primary colors, because it's how we are perceiving color. If we had six cones in our eyes, yes, we would potentially theoretically have six primary colors. Yes, and which the, I think the was idea? the tetra... Mm, I can't oh, remember right. what it was called, but it was the one with the extra cone who could see additional colors. You're talking about tetrachromats or people yes, who have an that was extra, extra perception of color in their eyes. It's a physical, it's not like ESP. It's not the extrasensory perception. It's an actually biologically observed. They have a, an extra cone in their retina that allows them to see beyond uh, a color that most humans mm. don't see. And so like they an would extended spectrum, right? Right, right. Yeah. An extended spectrum. And so they would see beyond what normal humans see. And some insects see that they can see patterns on flowers and things um, that other humans can't see, which is totally freaky and cool, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, tetrachromats are like the opposite of colorblind. They have <laughs> an extra, extra cones in their eyes. I, as a colorblind person, have a deficiency of cones in my eye. I don't have as many cones to perceive color in my eye on my oh. retina. So I see, um, I don't have as keen of color perception, especially in the green arena as the normal, as your average bear. So sure. hmm. bears are, I think bears are kind of like, but as your normal person. So, right. <laughs> um, although I yeah. have other strengths. Well, obviously. And with, regards, with regards to color perception, especially. Yes. Yes. And even, even, just knowing you and hearing about how you perceive color has helped me change my perception of it. You know, I mean, not necessarily how I see color, of course, but um, just how I think about things. And it's, yeah. I always yeah. like that. Anything that opens your mind to new ways to think about things. Oh, trippy how perception is. We are going to talk a lot about that in the second half, but I want to talk about red, yellow, and blue. So magic relies on our perception because our perception creates reality. Mm -hmm. So hear that again, if you're listening, your perception creates your reality. We often are taught reality is fixed or something, hmm. but in so many ways, how we perceive it, how we, what we make reality mean, especially creates what reality is. Mm -hmm. So that is a key to our accessing our human power and to accessing magic. So when we think about the colors of red in this episode of the primary colors, red, yellow, and blue, there are a lot of correspondences that we have with those three colors. Now, let's talk about the magical correspondences with those colors. Now, these are cultural and they vary depending on lots of factors, cultural, societal factors, and traditions. Mm. And they also vary based on your personal experience. If you That's grew right. up in the Skagit Valley of Washington, then you will no doubt associate yellow with a field of 
daffodils in mm. March because the daffodils bloom in fields and fields, which is where they cultivate daffodil bulbs. It's actually a, a crop or maybe even red for the tulips that grow there. Other people that have not been to the Skagit Valley or to Holland and seen the fields of tulips and daffodils may not have that association. If you grew up in Ukraine, you'd have an association of yellow with sunflowers, perhaps. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, so there is, you want to really also take into account your own personal association with these colors. Mm -hmm. But I thought it would be good to sort of uh, briefly touch on what these are associated with in like Western magical tradition. And I think yeah. you know some of these, so maybe you could um, add in the things that I'm missing. Yeah, okay. let's do it. So let's start with red. Since red has the shortest wavelength, red has this uh, unique thing that it is said to reach us fastest. So it has the most highest vibration. So people who see red um, report, which is most people, report that red is a garish color that is seen very easily and brightly. Usually it stands out the most. Mm, mm -hmm. That does not occur to me, but to other people. So associated with the element of fire, mm -hmm. often, duh. Um, and fire is the element of transformation and change. Also action, love, passion, mm. sex, sensuality, and sexuality, um, which can result in things like both destruction and creation. So red has been associated with both love and war, right? The god oh, Mars yes. and the goddess Aphrodite, both are associated with the color red. And mm. we think about love and war, there's a lot of transformation that happened with both of those things. Yes, crimes of passion. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people will say love is the more most important thing, but I've seen a lot of people do some like seemingly crazy things over love. Sure. <laughs> so, but also babies are created out of love. Absolutely. They can yeah. be. Art is created out of love and passion. Mm -hmm. And also art is destroyed through passion sometimes. And yeah. you know, the, the ancient battle of Troy, the war mm. of Troy was fought over the beauty of Helen of Troy, right? So yep, exactly. And there's also the chakras. Do you remember what chakra is associated with red? Isn't that is the, it the root? Yeah, that's right. The mm. root chakra. So that's our connection to ground and our basic needs. Mm. Not exactly one-to-one. -one, so the chakra system is a little bit different, but we'll bring that up because a lot of people in the West have used the chakra system. Yeah, great point. Yep. Okay. So yellow in the Western magical tradition associated with the element of air. Yes. So these are, this is thought, intelligence, logic, rationality mm. in our mind. Yeah. And so when we use those things, what comes out of that is often technology, mm. writing, communication. And in the chakra system, I know this one is our solar plexus. And this is right in the center of our body. So it's our ego, our personality, our freedom, our choice, our authenticity. It's sort of our power center. Mm, yeah. Solar plexus, our yellow sort of center. Oh, that's interesting. Like the sun. Yeah. It's like every yellow self-help book out there. It's yellow for a reason, right? Or mm -hmm. the yellow. Oh yeah. I'm gonna have to go all to of those uh like idiots guides to things, they're all yellow, and this is why. <laughs> I'm looking up at my shelf that has a lot of self-help, and there are a lot of yellow ones. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, okay, surprise. blue. So blue, you of course, most people think of water, right? So right. in the Western magical tradition, it is associated with the element of water. And this is emotions, empathy, and compassion. This is also flexibility which can inspire people to create art. So a lot of times water 
where the element, this metaphysical idea of water can be associated with art or to take on a compassionate social justice cause or to go deep with emotional healing. So mm. healing and art and justice, those are sometimes associated with water. Yeah. Um, and in the chakra system, blue is the throat chakra. So this is our communication, inspiration, and expression. So again, mm. it isn't quite, the chakras don't quite line up with the Western magical associations with the elements. Right. Um, so on top of this, there's also going to be your associations with blue, with yellow and with red. Mm-hmm. And those are also really important to, to know and to connect with. Yes. I have a few of them that I'm going to share in the second half, you know, more than just the self-help book yellow <laughs> that I think will be fun for people to reflect on too. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and there's also things about those colors that you don't like and certain shades of those colors that you're like, blech. Oh my gosh. Yes. So it, that's important to know when you're doing magic and thinking about it. So let's take a break. When we come back, I want to hear, you have a great story that you talk about how my colorblindness inspired you Mm -hmm. to try something sort of magical or visually. Yes. So let's talk about that. And um, then we'll talk about crafting with color. I can't wait. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, Knit a Spell listeners, it's Katie. Are you interested in a new knitting pattern that will help you knit with intent? Well, then get ready, because the self-love cowl has arrived and kits are available from UU Yarns. Whether you're knitting for self-love, abundant luck, healing comfort, joyous empowerment, or even robust romance, there's a colorway option for you. Go ahead and check out all of the options of this fun and interesting cowl that you can knit with intent to have a little magic worn around you at all times. It also makes a great gift. Whether you're knitting one for yourself, knitting one for a friend, or simply looking to learn more, you can do so by visiting lightfromlantern.com. Happy knitting, magical makers! So Jim, I was hoping that you could tell the folks at home and our listeners about your amazing class, Palmistry Tarot Mashup. So the Palmistry Tarot Mashup is an exploration of some hidden in plain sight symbolism in the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot cards. The Rider-Waite-Smith tarot cards have people in almost all of the cards. And with my friend, Madame Pamita, we dive in and decipher the secret signals the hand gestures are sending us in the tarot deck. You will learn about how the hands and finger positions, what they mean and how to interpret them and get an insight into human nature and human unconscious. You can get lifetime access to this class for just $29 by visiting Bit dot ly forward slash pt mashup the palmistry tarot mashup it's super fun lifetime access self-paced so you took the class i did and i learned a lot and i can't recommend it highly enough so definitely check it out and you'll be glad you did because your tarot reading skills are going to be increased exponentially by these two wonderful hosts on this class so don't miss out And we're back. Talk about your thoughts are your reality. Let me share with you the story that we alluded to before the break. After we've been having these conversations and learning about your quote, color blindness, blindness. Color blindness is not blindness. I know it's crazy how you can still see it. (laughs) (laughs) So you were saying that you can see gray as like a bubblegum pink. Yeah, they can, I can interchange them back and forth easy. 
I never thought about this, right? Again, just things I never considered, but I go on a lot of walks with the dog and guess what I see a lot of? Gray, boring sidewalk. And I got to thinking like, okay, well maybe, I mean, if Jim can do it, I can do it, right? (laughs) This might be also how I learned to knit. It's kind of like a spite thing, but anyway, so I just like to learn. It's a good way to learn. Spite knitting? Oh my God, there's spite knitting? I never thought about that. Okay, we'll get back. No, that's a whole other world. Okay, okay. (laughs) So I got to thinking like, well, I wonder if I could do that. So I just was like walking the dog and staring at the sidewalk for a long time and not blinking too much and just sort of like taking it in and after a while i could start to perceive it as being a light shade of pink instead of gray (gasps) maybe i couldn't hold it forever you get distracted i hear something the dog whatever you kind of go look at the green and then you come back and you're like oh it's gray again but i can see how you could train your brain over time to see things as a different shade i mean maybe not like extreme but i don't like you said that's not like a huge jump. It's mainly just the hue. Whoa, Katie. So this is an interesting thing because people who see color are often distracted mm. by the hue. Yeah. So much so that they can be, they can miss the value and they can miss what are the components of that color. Like you yeah. can be so distracted by the primary, like the, like the big, like the, I don't mean the primary color, but I mean, like the, you can be so Overall. distracted by the predominant color, like a purple, for instance, you can be so distracted by the purple that you miss how much like red or, or brown or other colors are in that purple in order to make it that color. Yes. So it's... that's one of the things that we've said in previous episodes, but one of the things that is really has been helpful in my art classes is the colorblind person can help not see those big red and green Mm. colors and can see through that and say, Oh, you need more yellow in that purple. And that'll help you. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Again, the whole visual world is very distracting and I think we overuse it. I mean, even like I was off topic slightly, but there's a local dog trainer who also is like, oh, you know, so many dogs have problems because they're falling back on using uh, what they hear and what they see instead of what they smell and sense normally as wild animals. And I was like, oh my gosh, we are the same as people. We are the same. We're so wrapped up in the visual universe. That's I think that's why like you know, I was learning to do this seeing blindfolded thing and it really requires you to let go of your crutch of seeing things and picture things in your mind. And I think if you can really conquer that, that's like really the magic center, right? That's where creating your reality really like is at. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So what you're doing as you are allowing yourself to work on visualization outside of your perception of color and in and sort of in spite of your perception of color Mm. you're working on visualization one of the biggest things that helps people with magic in my opinion is our ability to visualize Mm. the more that you can visualize something the more uh effective your magic can be so that those are the first things that 
I train my students to do is effective visualization because you need an imagination. We need to rekindle our childlike imagination. Yeah. And our, when I say childlike, childlike imagination also isn't wrapped up with a lust for results. Yes. It's just, it's play. It's just observing for obser observation's sake. It's yeah. fun. It's imagining a blue bus and then finding out like, when will I see a blue bus show up? That's right. right. <laughs> Which I think is one of your stories. That is indeed. <laughs> and it will show up in weird ways that you're not expecting because you don't have attachment to it. Exactly. That's the important thing is to let it be fun. Let it be child, a, a childlike imagination is such a key to, to magic. So yeah. what about crafting? Is there a childlike imagination that's needed when we're crafting or is it helpful? <sighs> do you think? I think so. Children don't care if they fail. I mean, when they're young enough anyway, before they're told that matters yeah. <laughs> to some people. I remember a few years ago, I was talking with a friend of mine and I was so caught up, you know, just doing the day-to-day -day things that I was like, oh my gosh, I have you looked up at the clouds lately? Just to like, look at clouds, admire the beauty of the sky, like things we used to do when we were kids. And she was like, no. Huh, when did that happen? Changing not only how we see things, but what we're seeing, again, key. And I think one way that you can access that is getting into a hobby where you don't have, like your only quest for results is just being able to do it. You being know? able to do it. Yep. And that's for me when watercolor really came into my life and helped me. It helped me see things. Like you said earlier, it helped me realize like, oh my gosh, this isn't just a green forest. It's full of brown tree trunks. And like, you know, there's so many shades of green and I never even like looked to see that. So um, it's a great way to help see things. But also when you, speaking of primaries, if you're into watercolor or anything like that, and you're interested in a color theory, just use primaries, use them to mix every color and you will quickly learn <laughs> how much or how very little of a color you need to change the whole thing. It's, it's really mind blowing and a lot of fun. I thought. For sure. Yeah. That is a great way to learn the color, learn color theory by actually doing it. Just mm -hmm. take your red, blue, and yellow. Uh, watercolors because they usually have very little fillers mm -hmm. and things that'll make it muddy and you know make a beautiful rich brick red with those three colors and see how to do it and then or make flesh tone Ooh, and yeah. make the different shades of humans mm. in, when I say flesh tone I mean make the rainbow of humans from yes. you know someone with much more melanin and much less melanin and do that with just red, blue, and yellow. Mm -hmm. That study is amazing. It's hard for me because I always end up making people kind of greenish on accident because I don't really see the green, but then I don't care. Yeah, well, I mean, it looks good to you, right? That's all that yeah. matters. Yeah. So when you're knitting or crocheting, I know that it probably matters when you're dyeing the yarn mm -hmm. that you're mixing different dyes together. So does that the same color theory when you're mixing you know, dyes together. If you mix blue and yellow, you'll get green dye. Yeah, I would imagine. I haven't done a lot of dyeing personally, only a few. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, like traditionally, well, I mean, depending on the dye, 
to get green, you still quite often have to dip in a yellow first and then a blue afterwards. And then there's a lot of different ways that those come together when on a project. Like you can, there's a lot of different ways that color is used. Oh, sure. I just think about like, if we talk about the primaries, I think that there's, it's rare that I see an adult person wearing a primary red, blue, or yellow garment. There might yes. be an accent mm-hmm. piece, but I have, maybe a woman might be wearing a red coat, like mm. as a statement piece. Yep. But uh, like a primary red, rarely. Like it's usually a tonal red, like a bright red, but it'll be a tonal red or a blue, but it'll be like a right. tonal blue. Mm-hmm. Because even like blue jeans, they're not solid, you know, all those threads and everything. They're dyed in a way and it rubs off. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely going to be a tonal. Maybe you might have a lady in a red dress, right? And maybe you might have a yellow raincoat, which I do. But I still feel like a child when I wear it. (laughs) Right. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at is as an adult, if you're wearing a lot of primary colors, it kind of makes you come off as a little juvenile. You know, when we were learning colors, it was all very like primary, primary, primary. And I think that's like, at least for me, what my like subconscious brings up. However, I can think of one instance where uh, somebody who is an adult person would wear primary colors. (laughs) Hello, sports fans. Here we have the most garish color pairings that we can possibly find. (laughs) Yeah, my college colors, right? Mm-hmm. pretty much blue and yellow those were all of my uh any school that i went to every one same blue yellow white so i guess we do have those kind of simple you know color pairings when it comes to collegiate or those kind of things right mm-hmm. but that's more of a kind of costume you know it's a special occasion garment uh much like the red dress so Maybe that's why it's not so much in our like day to day. Here we are both wearing black. So, (laughs) you know, or earth tones are often shades or tones of those colors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Pretty interesting. Did you sell a lot of primary colored yarns at the yarn stores? Yeah. Again, they were usually for kids things or they were just like the one color. Like they'd be, I want a red, red for this sweater. Um, but usually it's not like a red, yellow, blue, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, unless it was like a color work, like puzzle piece and each puzzle piece is a different, you know, color to learn sure. colors. It's usually yeah. like a learning tool when it's yeah. primary. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> overall it was usually like a tonal solid, solid colors in general didn't sell always so good. Okay, so in our past episodes, in the green and gray episodes, I had asked, you know, what are some things that come to mind when you think gray and when you think green? And I'm curious again, because I was thinking again, like, oh, what in culture, popular culture, what are some things that are red, blue, or yellow that may come to mind? Do you think of anything in particular when you think of red? Well, for me, because red is more of an idea for me. I mean, I have experienced red. I have seen red because if I expose enough of my retina to red, I will see it. And I do have the colorblind correcting glasses. And so I put them on one time and did see red. And I was like, oh my gosh, 
Whoa. was kind of shocking to see that color. Interesting. Yeah, um, I bet. So red. Yeah, just is, personal correspondence then. That's even better. Red is very garish. It is because I the first time I really experienced red, I think, was when I wore those glasses, which was like two year, two or three years ago. Mm. And it was shocking. Yeah, I bet. Really surprising. I didn't know that red was so that visible. Mm. It usually very much fades in like a, it's just a brighter brown. Sure. And so to know that red, like that you could see a little red LED all the way across the room and it was mm. different from the yellow LED was pretty shocking to me. So well, that Garrett, makes sense. Red is like a a very in your face kind of color. And if it's never no. really been in your face, then that's probably a quite a shock. <laughs> right. And that, and then I realized why people would mention if someone was wearing red lipstick, mm. they they're off there's often a mention of it, like, wow, that lipstick. Yeah. And I was always like, why are it's just dark? Like if someone turns red, if someone blushes, I can't see it. Or if their skin, if they have a rash or if something is turning red, I don't see red on someone's skin at all. I just noticed they're, they're turning darker. Sure. So if someone has red lips, I just noticed their lips are darker. So when I saw red, I was like, someone puts red, that color on their lips? <laughs> Shameful hussy. I'm kidding. Jeez, seriously. <laughs> the nerve. <laughs> I, I understood. I was like, oh, I see why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me. Yeah, what's yours? Um, I thought of... Uh... <laughs> I'm going to have a nerd moment here. Um, do you ever watch Star Trek? Always, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, there was this thing. This was like not a running joke, but kind of a running joke that anytime there was a red shirt guy, he was going to die in the episode. <laughs> and uh, so whenever I think of red, I'm always, or see someone in a red shirt, I'm always like, that's a brave move. <laughs> oh, well, if they're not named, if they don't really have a name. Well, that too. But usually red shirt, no name, you have no chance. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> what about yep. blue? What's your association with blue? Again, uh, another Star Trek. <laughs> uh, I always think medical when I think blue, but that's also just like life it's too. Unique, yeah. yeah, yeah, like blue scrubs, blue jeans. It's kind of a work, a uh, blue collar kind of a thing, you know. Yeah. How For most you? of my life, blue was my favorite color as a kid, because it was a color I could really see really well. Mm -hmm. So I always loved blue and um, just happiness. It was such a happy color. Mm, yeah, yeah, my favorite color. Yeah. peaceful mm -hmm. how about yeah what about yellow uh yellow was the color of my favorite car <laughs> so it brings me a lot of joy i love yellow um and then like i said uh raincoats always i think of when i think of yellow um, which is always nice in a gray day and then um school buses and uh pencils <laughs> and um oh and the self-help books so yeah, uh, like, you know, whatever for dummies. It's just like yellows, yellows, yellows everywhere. So, yep. Yellow is, is the other color that I see really well. Like my whole world is blue and yellow. Mm -hmm. Everything is a shade of yellow or a shade of blue mostly. I don't know, but yellow is kind of boring to me. Bright mm -hmm. yellow is kind of fun and bright, but I don't know. Nah. It doesn't have the deepness of the blues. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a light value color. So yeah, it's, yeah it doesn't have I've always been dimension. like, it's fine. Yeah, cool. Yellow. Okay. Highlighters, mostly. 
Hey, oh yeah, post-it notes. There you go. Huh. Okay, so they're little things that call your attention. Not quite as sharp as red. No, yellow <laughs> is my red. Right. If you want me to see something, it better be yellow. Mm, okay, so yellow is like the alternate red. I think so. We highlight things, right? Yeah, makes sense. I wonder what our oracle might Ooh. Say. All right. So since we're doing color, I was like, I got to find an Oracle deck that I have that has some like good colorness. And so we're going to do the shine from the inside Oracle deck. By Ooh, who makes that? Brittany Carmichael. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Oh, artwork by Jenna Kane. Sorry. That's there you cool. go. Yeah. And since we were talking about watercolor and these are all kind of like watercolor inspired, uh, it's perfect timing. So let's get some advice for our week ahead. Quick shuffle. Good. The week ahead is my birthday week. Oh, all right. Well, then this is for your birthday week. Oh, allow unlimited abundance. Yes. yes. Look at Come all those all. crystals. Get them all. Grab them all. How's your birthday going to go based on this? Sparkly <laughs> and fabulous. Oh, man. There's a lot of sparkly purple happening here. Uh. I'm here for it. These days, that's my favorite color. There you go. But that's advice for everyone. Allow yeah. unlimited abundance. You know, it's interesting. I'm not a fan of spiritual bypassing, and I'm not a fan of the crappy ways that the law of attraction has been used to sort mm -hmm. of reinforce capitalism and consumerism. But what I am into is understanding that life is sometimes tough. And we're allowed to have crappy days and crappy feelings. And that doesn't have to screw up your plans. It doesn't have to screw up or jinx anything that we are allowed to go through the rainbow fruit flavor of our, or the color wheel of our experiences and still know that you are worthy and that you can allow abundance to continue to grow and flow through your life as hard as it may be for you or for me or for any of us. And know that we're behind you and we can keep on trucking. So beautiful message. I couldn't add any more to that. It's perfect. So what do you have coming up for your week ahead? Anything people need to know about? So what's coming up in May pre-register. This is going to be a big event Ooh. in May is the international divination event in Dallas, Texas. We will link to it in the show notes and it's on my website. Tide 2022 is in Dallas, Texas. It is going to be an awesome event. I am going to be presenting an intro to palmistry course live in person. And with Madam Pamita, I will be doing Studio 78, a disco themed tarot dance party that is not to be missed. And mm. everything else that I'm doing, you can discover on my website and by signing up for my email list, which you can do at thedivinehand.com. What about you, Katie? What do you got going on? Um, well, same. You can keep in touch by signing up for my newsletter at lightfromlantern.com. Uh, you could also check out the newly refreshed Knitispell page at knitispell.com. Hey, I'm making improvements and stuff. And uh, hopefully I'm still trying to get my uh, poop in a group to get my Patreon going and maybe launched in April. So again, sign up for my newsletter and you can be the first to know when that is available. Until next week, Jim, it's been a pleasure as always. Can't wait till next week when we have our special guest we're going to interview. Yes, get ready. It's going to be an amazing way to close out our month of color. Get
get ready. Our guest, Heather Walpole, will be joining us from UU Yarns. Yay! Yay! All right. See you all next week. See you then, Jim. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget, new episodes of Knit a Spell are conjured every Wednesday. Learn more at knitaspell.com and follow our Instagram page at knitaspell. If you have a quick second to support the show, feel free to drop us a review on iTunes or share this with a friend. Jim and I appreciate your support and look forward to seeing you next week.